you. And now, about to witness the awesome, crushing might of the mighty SS, Eugene S. Robinson. Show Stomper V6. <laughs> Welcome, my friends, to a show that the only thing will end it will be poverty. Mine, specifically. V6, V6, baby. Letter V, number six. On this show, we're gonna talk about undeath. Guns. God, maybe. Nazis, Outre Sex, UFC Fight Night 126, and you kill me. The newest offering from uh, YouTube channel, Eugene S. Robinson, film review. But before then, the words that kick it all off, sung by Bob Riley of Stigmata. Record's called Calling of the Just. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California. Huntington Beach, but now the words that kick it all off. Well, I get something else here. Pop to show up on. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time, but I could not I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right, all right, meine Freunde. Uh, I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Those of you who are longtime listeners, and you say, hey, Eugene, how could we be a longtime listener? You're only six shows in. Yeah, well, if you knew your history, you would know that six shows in is really 500 shows plus. If you consider, uh, oh, there we go. Oh, that works. If you consider that this started as a, a knuckle up on combat music radio, then went to knuckle up on uh, on uh, bloody elbow, and now is a Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. I don't want to kill knuckle up, but uh, I'm a canary in the coal mine. And like, oh yeah, I forgot. Hold on, sorry. I knew there was something wrong here. I need something to prop this up on. Ah, uh, yes, there you go. Uh, um, because I don't want my testes to get roasted. Um, so it's a laptop. It's all. Oh, sorry. All right. So, um, so it, 
the bloody elbows uh, knuckle up and, and now the show stomper which i think probably will turn into an uber channel it, you used to be able to use that word and the only time people thought anything about it was when you, you talked about nietzsche you know uber mensch and now then suddenly uber people do think you're talking about a ride sharing service i mean an overall overarching channel that will include lots of other things but we got stuff in the works you'll see the surprises their tricks their, their turns their treats coming up the like Hitler said, there are three types of secrets. Those we share, those I keep from you, and those about future events as yet untold. Got Nazis in the first three minutes. There'll be more of that later, but the reality of it is we're going to have other stuff. Specifically, we've already had, if you go to the channel, You Kill Me, and that is uh, 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 Kasha and Eugene film, Kasha and Eugene's film reviews for reprobates, and we did our first one uh, a couple of days ago right uh, on the cusp of seeing uh, a, uh, a Black Panther, and we took uh, we take request, and we're gonna do the next one next week. Uh, so far, it seems like it's coming down to uh, either Nymphomania or three uh, billboards as uh, the Ebbing Missouri. What you know the freaking movie? We have a whole shitload of ones coming up. We've actually seen the Oscar ones because as a Screen Actor Guild member, we, I, I get them all. So uh, they send me the disc or the download codes, and so. Uh, movies I wouldn't go to a theater to see. I've seen uh, somebody made it play for Phantom Thread. We could talk, talk about that, but uh, it got it got a head, head full of goop on all of these. So uh, we'll be glad to share uh, 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 for for film reprobates only. I'm guessing. So, uh, but uh, on this show, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper, I want to harken back to last week when we started to talk about the idea of 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 life beyond death right and i said look it it, it may stand it we're all in the realm of the speculative but it may stand that it's like i can't remember what i wore last week did i wear the hoodie did i wear the top hat did i wear the glasses it was only seven days ago and i can't remember and i can't remember and i can't remember right and, and, and you know we could what can i remember from when i was five years old or four or three or two or time before I was born, right? So we, we we talk about Descartes last week. We talk about this whole idea of of uh, of permanence, uh, laws of thermodynamics. Energy can't be created, destroyed, and the 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 uh, um, the long term existence of human consciousness. You know, human is a body that dies, but consciousness it, 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 there there's something meta human about it, right? So we had this this talk last week about on 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 v5 about this self same thing and then i'm minding my business and what should i happen to do but i pick up the freaking well you don't pick up the newspaper anymore you pick up newsweek and newsweek comes out with this information about the scientific study that they've just done talking about the bodies continue to continue uh they said when you die when you die your body is still you know your your biomechanism is still churning away i don't mean it's systematically you know shutting down and uh, you know your heart starts beating you start having brain signals that are connected to this fleshy mass um i i mean very specifically days after you, you the body has ceased being ambulatory and walking around that they have now they've gone back to corpses that haven't been um or that haven't obviously cremated, haven't been embalmed, you know, for whatever reason, that haven't been frozen, that have just left them, or bodies that have taken time to find, you know, obviously victims of crime, and they still find biological activity. 
Okay, let's flash to another study that they that they've done, and these are always done by or something like this is always paid for by a think tank that if you dig deep enough, you find it's got some kind of got its tendrils in some sort of you know Christian lunacy thing. But okay, that beat as it may, um, a scientist decided to. I think I was cleaning up uh, old clothes, so I'm, I got dust in my face. I got dealing with allergies now. Um, a scientist said we're going to measure. The human body. This is in the realm of the knowable but unknown. So let's take a human body. We're gonna take the bones. Okay. How much does the body weigh? Put it on the scale. Body weighs 220. Okay. Let's take the bones out. And how much do those bones weigh? Well, we can, with a great degree of certainty, we can figure out how much the bones weigh. Okay. Let's take the fa fascia, fascia. You know, take that and put that in a bucket and figure out how much that weighs. Let's take the fluids and they they break down everything. You know, they're doing essentially a, a biological accounting connected to your body, right? Put it in the bucket, blood, connective tissue, um, chyme, small intestines, everything. And, and they, like a, on an Excel spreadsheet, they put it, they notate it. They do this several times in the same body. And no matter what, instead of 220, and it should all be 220, you weigh the hair, you weigh you weigh the skin, you weigh the, 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 the urea, everything you measure. It always comes up short. It's like your cash register. If you ever worked a job as a cashier, which I did in high school, your cash register comes up uneven. Like, God, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a drag, right? It's I can't. And they did it again and again and again. And they found that consistently that they were under under had under underweighed by like point uh, 0 0.10 I, that's just an arbitrary i don't remember what the exact number was and they said well we might be on to something here and they measured a lot of different cadavers corpses and no matter what they could never get what they found after they put the body on the scale is not what they could uh um extrude from weighing the individual items the the parts never ended up weighing at the total of the whole so what does that mean it seems to suggest and this is what the scientists said it seems to su seems to suggest that there is something that that has weight that that we're not catching because it's the same amount every time and the guy, you know, he could feel that the Christian lunatics surrounding him were kind of rushing down this conclusion. He said, look, I, I don't know if we want to call that the soul. I don't know. We're using very sensitive uh, uh, machinery here. But it's telling that the number keeps coming up the same, and it's never exactly 220. I, we never got a 220 body. It's never 220. It's always like 199 point, and this we can't account for with this. So I guess if you want to call that 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 weighty, that weighty mini mass something, maybe that could be called the soul. If that'll make you, if that'll make you, you, you Christian lunatics happy. And of course the Christian lunatics ran and they wrote these articles and put it up, but focused on the science of it. It's like, if I'm putting together a bookcase or if I'm putting parts in my car or if I'm putting, and I have a screw left over, I got a problem. I got a problem. Because they don't send extra screws. They send you eight. You need eight screws. They send you eight screws. You break a screw, you got to get another screw. It's a consistency. 
So one, we've discovered that the body exists for several days. Biological processes connected to the body, and I'm not talking about decomposition, like a fly lays an egg on you, it turns into larvae, and the larvae, I'm not talking about giving birth to other life. I'm talking about the life that you have connected to your physical form uh, 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 continues to exist after your consciousness has left. Now, why would it do that? Why? I, I'm having this idea that I'm having this idea. Okay, they've had people who've come back from the dead, right? You know, they, they thought they were dead. They get them into the coffin. This is people, places where they don't embalm them. And the person sits up. Three or four cases in the last 15 years, I've read. The person sits up in the coffin and goes, what the fuck, what, you know? It's called catalepsy, where you, the, the body mimics death. The, the you know, heart rate drops to almost nothing. It's imperceptible, and it is a bit... It's usually, obviously, when the person's old, because if it was a young person, they would check. An old person, they figured, ah, they kicked off. They used to, a uh, hundred years ago, or over a hundred, 120 years ago, they used to have alarms in coffins. I wanted to write an article about it for Ozzy, and of course, they turned me down, and then somebody else ended up doing the article. I go, the fuck, man, I pitched that, and you turned it down. How come he, dude, gets to do my article? So I, I got, I'm kind of steamed about that still, a little bit four years ago. I'm still angry, but the reality of it is they used to make alarms for coffins because they suspected this was happening more often than they would like to think. how they suspect it? Well, for some reason, they had to disinter the bodies and they found signs that the person was scratching on the inside of the coffin. How the fuck did that happen? That wasn't involuntary muscle contractions. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at things on paper and I'm having ideas about the things I'm seeing that are on pieces of paper. So the body exists long after the consciousness has separated itself. Things are still churning. We've had bodies sit up two days after. And incidentally, according to the scientists, we've had the proof of continued biological activity connected to your body days after everybody would have consensus said person's dead. They're not walking. They're not talking. Can't get a brain feed. So sit up. And there have been the cases of people who have died on a table and have watched themselves outside the room. It's it, 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 it's a strong possibility. This is all speculative. It's a strong possibility. This is just the 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 the, uh, the evil jump ramp to to the place you go where you dream. I don't know. I don't. You know. I'm just putting the stuff out there. The undeath. And if you if you wanted to get if you want to get really crazy, it's like, have you ever had this experience of having really super vivid dreams? I, I went through a period where I was having dreams that were so vivid that I knew it couldn't just be a dream. Right. I mean, it could be. I mean, it was more vivid than watching a movie because I was feeling what in the course of the dream, I was really feeling what I would have felt had it really happened. And so I started to realize, I think these are about future events as yet untold. And so I started to make a mental note to remember people from these dreams. Because if you're lazy and you don't remember them, you just have, oh, I got the weirdest thing of deja vu. No, nah, that's not deja I mean, it's like, oh, just a sense that I've been here before. No, you actually have been here before. I, I have now, on no fewer than three occasions, identified people after I'd met them, who I had met in my dreams earlier. 
They say you have we exist in multiple dimensions, and now we have four dimensions, the fourth being time. Scientists have also discovered a fifth dimension. They don't even know how it fucking works. They go, you know, our dimensions could be like straws within straws, right? Your body is like that. If I take a coin, a key, there's a key on the table here, put a string on it and drop it into my mouth, it is hidden by my body, but it's not inside my body. It it maybe doesn't make any sense to you. If I take a bunch of heroin and pour it down my throat, there's a possibility that it gets into my system via... Uh, taste buds in my mouth. I can absorb it through here, like I do, like 10% of my bread. The enzymes, digestive enzymes, 10% are used to digest food in the mouth, especially if it's bread, if it's starchy stuff. But suppose it slips by them and it gets to my stomach, and the stomach acids don't destroy it. It gets turned into chyme. It gets into the cilia in the small intestine, absorbed into into my system. It goes from the outside of my system into my system. It's not nearly as effective. It's been stepped on several times. That's why when people do heroin, they shoot it into their arms or their bodies because that way it gets inside their body. So I swallow the key with a string. It's not inside my body. I mean, I knew a woman who was a prostitute, and she was trying to tell the other prostitutes. She tried to go down this philosophical kind of cul-de-sac, and they were like, she's like, you know, actually, we make these guys use condoms. Their penises are in the condoms, and the condoms are on the outside of our bodies. It's not even like they're really in, you know, she got a, she got a, she got, got her degree in philosophy from a great university. Uh, and the other prostitutes did not. And they just kind of looking at her. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. They're still fucking you. And she's like, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> she dropped it. She dropped it. You know, a guy told me, uh, uh, Maddie B, he said, his wife liked You Kill Me. The, the film review show that uh, Kasia and Eugene's uh, uh, film reviews for reprobates. She said she loved it. And it's strange because she hated Knuckle Up. <laughs> That's a little strong. That's a little, I don't know how you can hate Knuckle Up or oh, the show stomper, SS. I don't know. I don't understand how that happened, but whatever. So, so uh, I, but I digress. So this this state this state state of 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 undeath it seems to me that with these multi dimensions and now this fifth dimension that they have no idea what it does or where it goes or how it works that it could just be like a palimpsest that we live in these experience have these experiences that live time over time but that there's we're neither creating or destroying energy it's just like trying to remember what you wore last week maybe you can't do it but our consciousness the only thing that's human about our consciousness is the is the shell that that we will leave behind and with that shell a firmly defined sense of i but this portion of the consciousness as part of a general whole where i where where it goes when i close my eyes maybe it's where it goes after this body ceases existing but we're in eternity time that's what i'm saying it could be that they're like weird loopholes. Like, you know, if you get run down, you get shot, if you ruin the physical body. That's why I'm not I'm not about doing anything off book, right? I'm not about cryogenics, you know. I'm not about cutting my head off and storing the head, you know, give my semen. I, I'm not anything off book. I don't even want to be buried. 
they have these now eco things where they put you in they put you in bio sacks and hang you in forest or you know so you can do earth compost you and or they lay you out in the, in the ground and they let you yeah, I, I may be okay with that it's like an apartment you know apartment you used to that you used to hang out in and you watch it and it's declined i mean i'd like an idea to have something to go back to or after two days i don't want the blood drained out of my body don't do that you know, they have certain religions where you got to get that body in the ground fast. Hey, these are Middle Eastern religions sometimes where, you know, you can't have as warm weather. You can't have the body hanging around. But I imagine there were other reasons. Now, now, now I, I mentioned this, this speculative thing. Uh, I mean, only because if what's underlying, what underlies the movie, the Black Panther, his superhero movies, are modern narratives, right? Whether it's they say every single movie is essentially John uh, uh, John Ford's The Searchers. That that is a template. Or they have you know the journey of the hero. If you, you remember Campbell's uh, thing, hero with a thousand faces, journey of the the hero's journey. These all these stories from culture to culture all have the, the same certain tendency to to do the same certain things. <laughs> There's a reason for this. I, I, I'm just suggesting. I don't. I, I don't know what I'm suggesting specifically, and what I was go, where I was going with last week's show, except to point down, point down the road to this place where, where, um, if you think you're going to be unburdened from decisions that you've made in this life, you might be exactly wrong. <laughs> Because that place that you go where you close your eyes or you're dreaming and sleeping or are passing along or dying, you know, you, you, you know, what portion of your consciousness, it's been colored and framed by this body that it was in. And it can change. It can't be destroyed. It can't be created. But this struggle that we have, this predatory struggle, this bio struggle informs our consciousness in such a way that it's got to be useful for something post the existence of the body. Now, you take a dramatic event like a shooting, and this discombobulates the system. This is my same problem with, with psychoactive uh, medications that are supposed to help you with depression or, or you know, uh, bipolarity or, you know, these heavy-duty, you know, meds, what they call them. You know, in general, our bodies are pendulums. And if you've got your center spot, the pendulum for the healthy person, it swings to here, it swings to here. Swings to here, it swings to here. Happy, sad, happy, sad. And in general, if you're not, there's too much bothering you, you're in the center, right? Maybe there's an upset, you go happy, but then you'll be sad and it goes back and forth. And then you introduce Ativan or Adderall or one of these pro, what is the other one? Paxil or Wellbutrin or, and then all of a sudden, you, the system is like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you, you, you cease taking them, and then it's here, then maybe. And to get back to center is really fucking hard. Now, I'm, so not, I'm not suggesting if you're taking them, I'm not suggesting they're not helping you. I know plenty of people who take them, and they help them. I also know plenty of people who take them and went to the doctor and said, I'm thinking about killing my whole family. And the doctor goes, really? Hmm. Well, let's give it a few more weeks. And he goes, no, 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 doc, you're not listening to me. I said, kill family, whole family, kill them dead, kill them dead. That's what I'm thinking about now. So 
I suggest you take me off this stuff. And the doctor finally was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You, you guess I'm right. How about I start thinking about killing you? You might be a little bit faster on that diagnosis if I told you I'm thinking about killing you. So it takes it, it dawns on me that if you get a traumatic like the, the subtext of this is what's wrong with getting a headshot? <laughs> or also, I'm sorry, what's wrong with a, a, a gunshot head wound? Now, everybody's upset. Uh, and you got to realize, you know, uh, in the newspaper, which takes its cue, 45% of people in America now get their news from Facebook news feeds. That's never been the case before, ever. Never, ever, ever, ever been the case before. So they get their news from, from, from Facebook news feeds, 45 fucking percent of the people. And, and Facebook, if you've not figured out, once you get behind the screen, it's really hard to enjoy. If I didn't have these shows and articles, if I wasn't trying to be a media medium, I wouldn't be there. I have no social need to be there, personal social need to be there. I have a professional business need to be there. But if you haven't figured it out, there was a guy on NPR the other day talking about it. If you haven't figured it out, it's an outrage generator. And outrage makes us feel alive. You either have people who are outraged like the three types of secrets. You have people who are outraged in the same way that you're outraged. We are outraged about something. You have people who are outraged for other reasons that you don't share. So then you become outraged about their outrage. And then there's outrage about future events as yet untold. But the subtext is always outrage and it's leached over into everything. It's leached over into it's leached over into 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 uh, Twitter. Every single one of these social media is, is a media for exchange of outrage. And I refuse to participate. I absolutely refuse to be jerked around. What is that word? The Italian word for for puppet that they use in the Godfather. If you remember the logo, I try to get Kid Nate to remember this. The logo for the Godfather. It, it was uh, it was. It looks like an upside down cross. In actual fact, it's what a puppeteer uses, and the strings went down from it. I will not be pulled around by puppet strings. I'm not going to make any hasty decisions. And in fact, I'm not going to get there talking about how now the Russian and the, and the troll, far, troll farms, they call them troll, Russian troll farms, you know, how they create these, these things, uh, you know. And it's so fucking easy. It's so, you know, I used to, in the early days of social media, I used to go in like heavy metal forums. And I remember going into one, some heavy metal forum where there were a bunch of Danzig fans. And I said, hey, isn't, isn't Glenn Jewish? And people lose their minds. And hey, it's not like I was asking if he was a child molester or that he was, you know, a rapist or, you know, a sexual abuser. I mean, I just asked if he was Jewish. I'm talking about his religion. Why would this outrage you? What do you give a fuck? And people were, and it was just so easy. It was so easy to press buttons. And then people would, and then people in the early days when they would address me, not, you know, in some bulletin board with, you know, bulletin board or room where I'm anonymous, somebody's, and they go, oh, you know, you're nigga, they get nigga. Oh, your, your attempts to make me outraged or angry are really predictable and sad. And I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. I don't feel outraged. I feel sorry for you. 
if you want to fight me, there are easier ways to get there than to de degrade the value of our, our collective enterprise here. Just say, I want to fight you or something. You don't have to. Some guy, I had this very precise conversation with a guy in New England. He's like, come on, bitch. I go, you know, you don't have to do that either. You know, I'm sure you got a mother. I got sisters. I got daughters. I got a mother, you know. So how is it that me being being a woman here in this instance is, is, is shameful? Just stop. Check yourself. I'm not offended. I'm just trying to help you. And then we got into the fist fight and I put him to sleep. People say, ah, Eugene, I, no, no, the subtext of this is not that I'm a superhero every time. I tell you plenty of stories where I got my head beaten in. That's not the point. The point is, is here that you, you are being played. So when people want to talk to me about, usually we just, why don't you talk to them to show something about Florida? We talk about guns and guns and guns and guns. And guns. And I say, look, let me, let me now that I can, I can, first of all, I'm not getting excited about it anymore. I'm not getting excited about it anymore because there's no political will to change because the NRA has has essentially, you know, spent. And I used to be a member of the NRA, full disclosure. I stopped being a member of the NRA when I noticed that all of the material, much like Jehovah's Witnesses did this in the early days as well. And of course, we know where the Mormons trod all of the material about how society was decaying and we're facing, you know, a, a future of revolutions and blood in the street had Agents of revolution and blood in the street, agents of chaos always were people of color. <laughs> I'm going through the, the magazine and they're looking at the thing and it's like the cartoons are always black or Latino guys or the Asian menace. Or, and I was like, man, you don't, it didn't take me even one issue to figure out that this is very much about, in their minds, about defending themselves against the, the mud people hordes. I got it. I can't contribute money to this. I just like guns, you know? But it dawned on me, a couple of things dawned on me, a couple of significant things dawned on me. Like I had been making excuses for religion. If you don't know this, at Stanford, my minor, Stanford doesn't give minors. So anybody who says they're minor at Stanford, they didn't go to Stanford. They didn't give you minors. But the, co the course that I came closest to getting, possibly getting my degree in, if I hadn't got in communications, which is journalism at Stanford, they don't want to allow it. They teach a trade. So they call it communications to journalism like everybody else. Even though they have a department of journalism, you can't get your degree in journalism. You got to get it in communications. It's fucking wacky. Okay. But it would have been religious philosophy. And I had made excuses. I was talking to Henry Rollins and I had made excuses. And he was like, Eugene, look, man, I, I appreciate what you're saying about religion. But, you know, any road that you're on that's a religious road always ends up in the same place. It ends up in the same place every place. I go, what place is that? He goes, up the place of blood. And I go, yeah, maybe it's a chicken and egg thing. Because no, it's no chicken and egg thing, man. <laughs> it may start as an egg, it ends up as a bloody chicken. All religion does it. And I was like, man, you're wrong. You're right. Then 9 11 happened, and I tapped out. I was like, he's right. He's right. The only thing that, that's the only thing. I, hey, if I told those guys, say, hey, man, why don't you smash these things in the building? I guarantee you, bro. We smash those things in the building. We'll go hang out later. We'll pick up some chicks. It'll be great. I'll be dead. Religion is the only thing that could get you to believe that afterward you're going to get some. You're going to get some women. Even I'm a soldier. Soldiers die, and I'm a soldier in the name of what cause? A religious cause. What cause is that? A, a, a caliphate. A worldwide caliphate. Get the fuck out of here. A worldwide caliphate. 
You can't even find people worldwide who want to who want to eat food. Breath areas like ah, we're not going to eat food. It's it's bad for you. We exist on air and water and molecules. Get stop it. So I gave up. I tapped out. And that's largely that's largely I think where I am with with the gun argument because of a couple of things. One, get your pens out. One, guns are worthless. <laughs> the fact that they let us have guns is an indication of the fact that they are worthless. You take a guy with a gun, any gun, an AR-15, a mini Ruger, they, any gun at all, and you put him up against a guy with a microwave weapon, I'm putting my money on the guy with the microwave weapon anyway. Because if you feel like your clothes are burning under your skin, you absolutely cannot draw that firearm. You can't. You cannot. Ich kann nicht. So guns are, are, are pointless against large governmental forces. Had people in Poland, like say, oh, look at the tyranny, look at the oh, they, people in Poland, if they had been, people in Poland did have guns. And you know what they had even more than guns? They had an army of people with guns. And what happened when the Nazis invaded? They got their asses beat. Oh, we're going to have guerrilla warfare. Some guy was like, oh, yeah, well, look at the Middle East. The Middle East, you know, Iraq and, the, the, you know, Iran and Iraq. I said, those, those guys are causing low-intensity low conflicts, low-grade conflicts. Because if it was large enough to get gain anybody's interest, we would do what we did two other times, drop full armies in there, and they will, you'd be, like Sorrell says, fuck up. Guys holed up in apartments with guns are not fucking in the Paul Revere's run. They're not doing anything. They're not at all. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not freedom fighters. You're not gonna fucking. About the only thing a gun is really good for is interpersonal relationships. <laughs> and this is what the NRA is pimping in their magazine that I used to get. That I finally look. It's like if somebody comes into your house that you don't want in your house and you have a gun, you might succeed in getting them to leave. You will certainly succeed before the army does or before the police do. Okay? And I'm not even going to talk about guns in needs. I'm just talking about now that the fact that they let us have them mean that they're completely worthless for large, worthless for large-scale insurrections. They're good for interpersonal conflicts. But other things are too. I could move to Montana and suddenly whatever issues I face living in a, in a crime center, as, as I sort of do, are gone. Nobody's going to be, if I'm, if I'm St. Helena or Billings, Montana, if I'm living out 10 miles out of town, I'm not going to get too many people who try to steal my car, break in and steal my computer. Or I might. At this point now, I think my kids have a greater risk of getting shot in school. But let's start off. Let's let's continue from where guns are not going to help. They're not going to help against a microwave weapon. They're not going to help. They'll let you have them because it's an interesting argument to make. So guns are not going to help. However, the ways in which guns could, if, okay, guns are not going to help. But maybe we could go the other way and keep them from hurting the way as much as they do. Well, you know, we know there are technological solutions to this stuff, right? I mean, it is easier for you to snatch my pistol from me and fire it off than it is to get into my phone. 
It's impossible for you to waylay me and, and, and make a phone call on my phone. Can't do that. You know, you have to have my thumbprint. You have to have my thumbprint. And then you can get into my phone. Before I can fire my gun, I have to wrap my fingers with my fingerprints on them around that gun. It seems like you could design something. And at the very least, these companies should be involved in trying to find a solution so they could say that they're doing something right now other than paying their fucking Congress people. They could say, well, hey, we've got scientists working day and night on this. For those listening on the radio, when I make this sound, that means I'm also making a hand gesture, the universal jerking off thing. Yeah, I'm being cynical. Because I think if they had wanted to stop people from killing other people, they would have done so long ago. They're not interested in that, really. Because, of course, the more people kill other people, the more people who want to buy guns feel a need to buy guns. It's the best marketing scheme ever. Best. So, guns and, oh, were worthless. We can keep them from, from hurting more than they're helping. I mean, somebody knocks me down and then grabs my gun if it's not chained into their fingerprint. And of course, it's got to be on a database, which are privacy rights pe- folks who go crazy. It's got to be on a database, and then who knows where that database is in the cloud somewhere and who can get access to it. I don't want people knowing when I'm firing my gun. I want my privacy. Ah, okay. 300 million guns in America. Other people said, just get rid of them all. That, that's the shit's not going to happen. I've said that before. Ah, no nukes. Ah, you guys not going to. Well, they actually no nukes. They, ah, stop killing the whales. Ah, you guys not. Actually, they stopped killing the whales. But the gun thing, the gun, it's, it's very, oh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get people to turn in those things which they already have. You might succeed in a wild imagination with cutting down the number of guns that are produced and sold you know, uh, embargoing the amount of ammo that you can buy, have uh, ammo with tracers and things like that. But I think we can all comfortably agree that um, <laughs> that people shooting up high schools, or it's a bad thing. It's a mental health thing. Really, you know, we used to have good mental health in America until, you know, when? 1980, when Reagan decided that it was a state's rights issue and the states, if they want to take care of their crazy people, they should. They didn't know what that had to do with the government. And so they pulled money out of these programs. I know directly affected my family. Got mental health professionals in my family who had to seek other ways to make money. Other ways. So, so, so there we go with, with the guy. Now, the the funny thing is that that Trump has gotten involved in this thing because, of course, you know he's the one who rescinded the Obama era thing of. Uh, well, you know, crazy people should be able to buy guns. They have rights just like they should be able to buy guns like anybody else. So, like, you know, this is not really fucking helping. You guys got shot at some baseball game and it still hasn't changed your mind. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Planes crash. Cars crash. You. We're not getting rid of those. Look, what? I got a house to buy and a yacht to maintain. And as long as I have a yacht to maintain and a house to buy, I got to take this money. And I'd be, I. they're offering it. I'd be a damn fool to not take it. So sorry your kids got shot up. I can't help you. You want it? Vote me out of office. For those listening on the radio without the video, that that that's a that's a double bird sign. So I don't have any I, I 
I'm, I'm not interested in participating in the argument. Uh, Ariana Huffington tweeted something out and tagged me <laughs> because she got me confused with Eugene H. Eugene H. Robinson works for the Washington Post. He's a Facebook friend of mine. Eugene S. Robinson is the one who sits before you. So Ariana thrust me in the middle of this thing by sending out Eugene H's, but tagging Eugene S's. So I have I've, the reason I'm talking about it is because I've got a glimpse into this freaking world of of uh, uh, of 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 which I've been steadfastly uh, uh, avoiding of this uh, gun thing. You will not find a, a single public figure in America who stands up and says, I don't care. I, I don't get it's like it's like screaming at the magician who who made the the fucking rubber ball disappear. I'm not looking at your ball, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the table, I'm looking at the stuff behind you. I'm not looking at yes, catalepsy. Yeah. I'm not looking at the at the I'm not looking at the cheap seat entertainment thing. Everybody outraged and screaming and fighting and arguing back and forth on Twitter and having things and standing up and screaming. Nah, nah, nah. Not looking at that. I'm looking at November. I'm looking at how deep do you want to go? How what kind of how where's your conviction here? It doesn't take much to volunteer. You know, I've never had any interest in volunteering. I went in 76, 77, and I had a choice. I could volunteer for a political campaign or I could volunteer in the New York City Jazz Museum. And I chose the New York City Jazz Museum. I had no interest. But this machinery is fucking powerful. And it requires you to get involved. And frankly, I was more interested in hanging out with Gene Krupa's drums and Dizzy Gillespie's uh, sax. So, uh, uh, um, so there you go. And and and, uh, and uh, Trump, who is now stuck. I mean, far be it from me. I don't want to. You know what? I actually, to a certain degree, I'm starting to feel about Trump the way I feel about Chris Weidman. Mostly sad for him. Because you got somebody who's just overmatched by the fucking job. And all on the personal angle, now every single whore that he had sex with is going to now be stuck. I'm not, whatever. That's the name of the game, man. You want to stay, you want your shit to stay private? Stay a private citizen. You become a public, public citizen, it's all public. Yeah, this last woman said, I'm a Republican. I don't have any gripes against him. It was consensual. He offered me money. That made me sad. I, said, I don't need your money. I didn't have sex with you for money. I sex with you because I liked you because you're so witty and intelligent. I'm not making this up. That's what she said. That's what happens, man. It's a tough game. Think you're a tough guy? Guess again. Guess again now that you got to tiptoe around your fucking Mar-a-Lago place because you're scared to death of your wife because this shit is coming out. To, and if you don't think she's reading it, you're exactly 100% wrong. If you don't think people connected to her are reading it, you're exactly 100% wrong. I 
I mean, it's okay to be a guy. It's okay to have that job and be hated if you get a sense that the guy can take it. I don't get a sense that this guy is going to take it. And I think, you know, when, when you buffer the boundaries of personality in such a significant way, people have negative and violent reactions to it. And that's why the outrage thing works. These are just words. If you or and I were sitting alone and I, I leaned over and we didn't know each other, and I leaned over, say, and said, hey, uh, hey, you know what? I think you're a disgusting fucking piece of shit. I'm going to stand up from this bar stool and I'm going to crack your fucking skull. You might get upset. You might think that the word structures I just used had some connection to future events. You might believe me. You might get your feelings hurt. These are just words. Stanley Z, guy who's sending me threatening letters. In my world, it's never just words. I believe it to be a solid indicator of, of intent. So on the one hand, while I'm saying that words have no real purchase, much like uh, my Russian anarchist friend would say, Eugene, people can say anything that it was a black belt in judo. People can say anything they want to me, insult me any way they like. It just amuses me. But they put their hands on me, then it's all over. I feel largely the same way. I will not be pulled into this outrage thing. I just, I won't. You tell me, oh, Eugene, I'm going to value it. I take threats against my, my person very seriously. Anything outside of that, though, I, in other words, I got the, the, the place that you're trying to get to is a place where I already am. And I will employ the power of the Internet to find you before you find me. Outside of that, it's just chatter and loose chatter at that. Loose chatter at that. So, you know, you got this guy who's unmatched. It's falling apart from the Rob Porter thing to Kelly fucking up to fighting with uh, McMasters to uh, you can't fill the jobs to you got the guy who's pissed off with Sessions to you trying to derail. It's like the tank of Robert Mueller, you know, to the fact that not only is the wall not going to get built, but the wall doesn't even need to be built. It's just a fucking chaotic shit show. The only thing that makes me worried about the fall and about 2020 has to do with Hillary. Just because things are bad doesn't mean they're good for you. Do not do this. Do not do this. It is not your time. You had your chance. It is over. Do not do this, Hillary. Do not. Do not. Unless you come up with some new magical trick, do not. Because the same way they got you, they'll get you again. And you are imminently gettable. Now it's got to be somebody else. It's got to be somebody else. And it will be. Why would you want this fucking job? Uh, this I don't know. This I don't know. I'm not making excuses for the man. I think that Donald Trump is a complete piece of shit, just for the record. And I've thought he was a piece of shit since he wouldn't let black people live in his buildings in the early 70s when it, it, it directly affected my family. 
Complete piece of shit. I don't like the anti-intellectualism either. Try reading a book every now and then, watching fucking TV and tweeting 10 ridiculous rage-filled tweets. And now you have other U.S. officials telling world leaders you can't pay attention to him. What the fuck? <laughs> don't listen to the boss. He's nuts, okay? Uh, we're telling you, which means they're not pre-notifying them of their intent to stymie, work around, and stall. Like I try to explain to my friends who are Trump voters, you know, being the president is about being a deal maker. He wrote this book, The Art of the Deal. You can't, like the line from uh, uh, Peaky Blinders, you see, you can't have a deal without negotiation. And it's an ultimatum. <laughs> There's no kind of a deal. There's no negotiation. This is guy is imminently unqualified to negotiate. Much like the bald one. See, it's all ties together, man. If you stick there long enough, you'll see plate, shrimp, plate of shrimp. It all ties together. You know, the bald one. Uh, I, I, we don't need to even talk about it. I mean, at this point now, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, Deadspin, have all done pieces about the death of MMA. I don't know where they were last year when I was saying the same thing, but they finally came to. The reality of it is, combat sports itself has been dying. Why? Really, very few basic reasons. Money? Money, money, money is probably the number one reason. And two, highly centralized control at the top. It, it, you have, in NFL, you have really powerful team owners. And you have the head of the commission. It's like a board of directors. They can choose to move their team, like Al Davis did several times with the, with the Raiders. The LA Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, the LA Raiders. What is that team? The Rams, St. St. Louis, you know, Kansas, whatever. They moved. Move the teams. That's some version of collective bargaining. If you don't, if you're playing for the 49ers, you don't like playing for the 49ers, you can get a trade. You can make lateral moves. You have a, an actual viable career path as a participant. You got places to go, people to see. In NFL, in boxing, where are you going to go? And keep in mind, it takes a long time to develop boxing skills, a long time to get good and proficient at it. But uh, it, so it's not going to be fixed. Yeah, and like, you know, struggles against death but refuses to live. I wrote it. It's off of Oxbow's Serenade in Red. Uh, the song is called Killer, uh, The Killer. And it's more true now than ever before about MMA. But that's not going to stop us from talking in the last few minutes that we have. And keep in mind, you know, that this is uh, the showstopper. It's about it's about everything. If you wanted to knuckle up where it's solely about about the, 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 uh, the fight game, then, well, you had a chance, man. I told you what had to happen to make it happen. You didn't make it happen. So let's look at... Um, Let's look at the fight. UFC Fight Night 126. And I have to say, honestly, 
There were a lot of uh, don't cares for, for me on this. Uh, man, it's freezing in this room. All the shit I just watered is going to die. It's going to die. It's going to freeze tomorrow. Yes, I'm in the gardening. All right. So let's see. So I didn't care. Oh, we do have a move from don't care to care, a really major significant one, and the most exciting portion of, of this card. Um, and uh, I, I know, I know, uh, uh, I mean, Mr. B, Mr. B told me to watch the, the earlier card, the undercard. I will listen to him. Haven't done it yet. That That's the beer in the kitchen thing. Oscar Piocha, uh, uh, Pichota and uh, Tim Williams. Don't care. Didn't care. Don't care. I guess I guess with Joshua Berkman, um, I, I, I sort of cared, but because you know he was a he was a dark star fighter. When somebody said Joshua Berkman, I was like, oh yo yeah, I remember that guy. I remember that guy. And of course he lost in the first round. So there's uh, Sarah Morris and Lucy Prilova. Didn't care. Didn't care, and uh, was fine with not care. Joey Sanchez versus Roberto Sanchez. Joby, sorry, didn't care. Camozzi, Brian Camozzi. I sort of cared about him. Did not enough to put it down on a piece of paper. And, of course, he got beat. So my not caring was rewarded by, well, my not caring was punished. I didn't care. Had I cared, I could have picked him to lose, and I would have had a, been up on the leaderboard. But I didn't care. I'm not about playing to lose. I'm about playing to win. Carlos Diego uh, Freshera. For uh, and Jared Gordon didn't really care, but Gordon got pasted. And that, okay, so now I'm in front of the TV for real because of Sage Northbutt. What? Northbutt. What? Northbutt. Northbutt. Sage Northbutt. And if you think that, that Sage won that fight, you're out of your fucking mind. They gave him some guy who could easily beat. The guy fucking fucked him up. Um... Almost, uh, it, what do I call him? The guy we were talking about, T-Bull Gowdy. You put him in a, in a front head like she had turned it into a head chancery and yanked that chin sky high. Did not. And they gave it to they gave it to a unanimous decision to Sage Northbutt in Texas. Are you fucking kidding me? What do you think that's doing to the credibility? You made those 14,000 yahoos in attendance happy, but man, that stunk. I, I was looking around for Cecil Peoples. That's how bad that was. I was looking for Cecil Peoples. That's how bad that was. Sage North, but well, you know, at the on the one hand, I'm sorry for Gowdy who got reamed on this one, but on the other hand, you got to know looking at Sage that what is that Beatles song? He's a real nowhere man living in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. I mean, I like the kid. I gotta, you got to separate my contempt for the machinery from my contempt for the kid. He's just a 21-year-old kid, whatever. He's just a kid. I think I him as a kid. But to see the machinery drive and just try to chuck Norris to this guy into stardom makes me sick. Because you don't understand. Sincerity is everything. And once you got that fate, you got it made. He's a sincere fucking kid. Your efforts to push him are not. And he doesn't have the it. You didn't create McGregor. McGregor McNuggets. McNuggets created himself. So anyway, that was a robbery. Uh, Brandon Davis and Steven Peterson, 
Well, so I'm sitting there and I'm drinking wine, but it went to a decision and that means I don't care. I didn't care before as I'm drinking wine in the kitchen and kind of glancing at the TV. I didn't care enough. Didn't care enough. Tiago, Tiago Alves against Curtis uh, Melender. I, I didn't care. I did not care. I cared a little bit for Tiago, uh, Tiago Alves, but I didn't really care. I think I may have even, I don't have my tote sheet here. I may have even picked Tiago just because I remember hanging out with him in the airport one point in Denver, some godforsaken place. Hey, bro, hey, what's going on? America Top Team was almost affiliated with the Sorrell Academy, so I feel like these known associates. But Curtis Melender, how the fuck, how the fuck did he exist? How did we accidentally discover Curtis Melender? What the fuck is Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, what is he doing? What is he doing? That guy was like John Jones, Johnny Boney Joni-esque Jr. It was phenomenal. 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 Now, I don't mean, I mean, it's like, it's like my sister has won a Grammy singing. She did a record in 2007 with Stephen Marley. She got a gold record for it. All right. It's on her bedroom or living room wall. And I remember her when she was a kid trying to sing before she got great. I remember this. I also remember my nine-year-old middle daughter standing up at a school assembly and they break into um, respect by Aretha Franklin. And when she hits that first, she the whole place dropped dead. She killed it at nine years old. Now, my sister who won the Grammy, I remember where she started at nine and I, my kid at nine and my kid was, and you know what? My kid has zero interest in pursuing any, anything in the arts or, or entertainment for a permanent career. And she's great in everything. I'm not just saying that. I've told her this. And it's not just she's my kid. She's a better actor than I was <laughs> at the same age because I did a musical theater. She's a better singer than my sister was, who's won a Grammy. She's not a better writer than I am, but she's a good writer. Not really interested. <laughs> not interested in either. She's a great graphical artist. My other sister is an animator. Used to work on Daria, the TV show. This kid, my middle kid, she's phenomenal. Draws, sculpts. Not interested. It's just the way it goes, man. So uh, uh, Curtis Melender, how how we missed him was a was a big don't care, a massive care now. What is the thing that Colonel Kurt said? You give me two or three people like this, and our problems here will soon be over. And our problems specifically being the death of uh, combat sport. And, and, and let me say, when I say it's dead, it's dying, it's dying, it's dead. It doesn't mean it won't exist. Do you see how it's tied into the beginning of the show? <laughs> The biological activity will continue post the, the ambulatory. Yeah, sport will still exist, but it won't be alive. Like there's a difference between quitting and surrendering. When De Niro made a decision to be in Meet the Fockers, he was quitting. When uh, who's the fat Val Kilmer made the decision to be in his last straight to video movie, he had surrendered. There's a difference. Curtis Melinda won the watch. And, of course, he beat the fuck out of uh, Thiago Alves. Um, James Vick and, and uh, Francisco Trinaldo. Um, yeah, I watched it. 
And I think I, I didn't care either way. This I thought that uh, friends. This was my second bullshit of the night. I thought that Ronaldo got robbed, but whatever. Uh, it was all washed away by Derek Lewis, who I picked over Marcin Tabura. Um, and, and you know, usually I pick with the home team because Tabura is Polish, but nah, not not against dude. And he, he's a Texas fighter, even though I thought it had been unfairly tipped in favor of the Texas fighters. You know, um, Lewis is increased in my esteem. Uh, because of what he did when there was the problem in Texas after hurricane and you know, guys, you talk about heroic dimensions. That was heroic. I'm not feeling the van and helping people out. This is me. I'm a New Yorker that way. It's like, hey, could you you move? <laughs> like this this woman, she's struggling to put her suitcase in the overhead, and I'm behind her, and I got a bag and a bag. And she's like struggling, but she's doing this theatrical struggle. Like she's not really seriously invested in struggling. She's trying to do this struggle that shows me like, I'm struggling. Maybe you could help me. And I, I lean forward. I go, hey. And she goes, oh, 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 thank. And I go, if you step into the seat there, I can get by you. She goes, oh. Don't pack a suitcase heavier than you can fucking lift. That's simple. You do anything else indicates that you expect people to help you. And I'm fine with that. If you want to ask me, can you help me with this? I'll be glad to help you. But don't do this cutesy thing. Don't do this cutesy fucking thing. Don't, oh, I can't get it. I can't get it. Because you expect the world to be nice to you? Guess again. It will not. So that Derek Lewis, the fact that he says, yeah, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to help anyway. That, that, that he's a man. That's manly. Knock the fuck out of him. I would say in the interim to your next fight, bro, Start to work on some uh, grappling. And there's no way at 267, I'm being easily mounted by a guy, even if the guy is 242 or 245, I think however dude was. No way. But he punched the fuck out of him. <laughs> Dropped him. And then um, uh, Donald Cerrone, who said, who I picked Yancey against him, I didn't realize he was taller than Yancey, even though the reach wasn't as long. But it doesn't matter. Um, but, of course, Cerrone gave me my first lost battalion take where he just started talking crazy after he beat Yancey. Yancey's a kid, you know, and they're friends. And I, I, honest to God, I got to tell you, if you've ever fought a friend, you need to know that um, you need to know that that fighting a friend is just different. It's just different. It's just I fought a friend once and beat the slop out of him when I used to box the boys club. But that's the younger you are, the more, you know, unhinged you are. As you get older, it's like, yeah, man, dude's my bro. I'm not going to. And, you know, but you got knocked out. So there you go. Was this a good? Now, Cerrone is talking about, I need my shot. Okay, just stop. Just stop that shit. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're nuts. It's no, there's no point to it. So, so where, where does that, where does that leave us now that we're at the, at the, at the end? Where does that leave us? Well, I'll tell you very specifically where it leaves us. MMA at this point now, the UFC, and there was a Bellator fight, which I didn't miss. I'm talking about, but, you know, whatever, man. It was nice to see. I mean, sad that Roy Nelson lost, but you know, sad that Liam uh, McGree got hurt, you know, in the way it's going to keep him out for a significant period of time, um, which is the nature of the sport. Um, so what, where is MMA now? Well, MMA is like, um, I tell you, MMA, MMA has become like the Oscars, which are coming up, which uh, by which I mean very specifically, you know, maybe you watch a few, maybe you catch some of this, maybe you don't. Not a not a not a must see, but a sort of see. 
Ah, you think you're gonna watch the fight? I don't know. Maybe I might. That's sort of. I think maybe if I get to them, you know, it's like the way. Remember that you used to be Saturday Night Live used to be a must see. I when I was in high school, it was like a must see. You know, I mean, you had to have something serious going on on Saturday night to trump me staying home and watching Saturday Night Live. So no, man, we're gonna go to Studio Fifty Four. I heard that they're gonna be okay. All right, we're gonna go to New York, New York, or Xenon. Yep, or then you know, Haraz or the Peppermint Lounge, CBs. We're gonna go out. We're gonna see some. Okay, there's gotta be something. And if not, you fuck, man. Okay, cool. I'm home. Nah, 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 bro. You know you'd be so dumb. Oh, I got a data. Nah, I gotta watch the fights. So nah, nah. It's just, it's just something else. It had made promises. It had made fantastical promises about taking over the world. And these numbers, these growth deltas between men ages 18 and 49, the biggest. But those clearly, I, you know what? If I'm in the backseat of the car that crashes, I might get hurt. If I'm not in the backseat of a car that crashes, maybe I don't get hurt. So intermittently, maybe I'm in the car, maybe I'm not in the car. I'm increasing the odds that I don't get hurt. If you were a fan of the, of the XFL, you ran a chance of getting your feelings hurt. If you were a fan of the ABA, you ran a chance of getting your feelings hurt. If you're a baseball fan, when they went on strike, you got your feelings hurt. MMA, combat sports now have squandered, have squandered any possibility of hurting your feelings. Squandered a long time ago. And we listened to the bald one for a good decade. We, lit, we were sitting up, lined up for the Kool-Aid, and it was backed by stuff we saw in the octagon. Again, not again. No Lucy Van Pelt shit here. You hold the football for me. I kick it. I end up on my back. I got you a couple times. No, no. Outside of that, fine. So I'm a casual now. So what that means is, what that means is, uh, um, what that means is, let's see. I'm a casual now. What that means is I'm kind of sort of interested. Does that mean that I've ruled out the possibility of return, a greatness return? No, I haven't. Because if I had ruled that out, I wouldn't be here. I haven't ruled that. It could happen. But you know what? It's like, have you ever had somebody dump you and then they change your mind? They want to get back together with you? Uh-huh. It's like the monkey's paw. You could come back and you can have a relationship with me again. But it's not the same one. <laughs> uh, I tell you that story about that woman that we were, well, I can't really get into it. It's a family viewing hour. But the, at one point, she looks at the, in the rearview mirror and looks at me and goes, I don't trust him. <laughs> nah, I don't trust you. They come back again. It's not the same because you, you may not know a lot, but what you know is that this is a person who, if the circumstances are right, will fuck you over. This is a sport that, if the circumstances are right, will fuck you over. I don't know how many people out there are, are saddened by curling, but I imagine not many. You're all in for curling. I wanted curling to do this. Curling did this. I'm down with curling. Cool. But baseball fans got their asses hurt. Hockey fans got the hockey's fucking up. The, the rules changes, and then they don't. They send the scrubs to to the Olympics. 
because they didn't want to be bothered with it. Okay. Get your feelings hurt. Boxing. Oh, boxing is going to crush it, crush it. And the, the boxing matches, those of you who sent me stuff from boxing matches this week, uh, um, uh, pathetic. And then, of course, I love, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it. Uh, Maddie G just sent me. Let's, I'll just show you. <laughs> Can you see this? <laughs> Negligent wardrobe. I can't be the only one who looked at Captain Lost Battalion's tie and was like, what the fuck? Your wife must be pissed off with you because she let you leave the house like that. So they could come back again, but they come back to a different place in space because I don't trust you anymore. I don't trust you. And if you want to, you if you want to know what a where a dangerous place is, a dangerous place is to be involved with somebody who you love. Um, <laughs> but you're unsure of whether or not they love you. <laughs> and in this instance, the first go around, yeah, I, I probably loved you the first go around, but after what you did to me, trust you again. Uh, 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 uh. And that's where we are with MMA. The body is not moving, but they're biological processes. They're continuing and taking us to the future where the consciousness is. Right now, my consciousness is in the wine in the kitchen and the pie in the refrigerator and whatever shit. I, and I'll glance up and look and then I'm back. Go to jujitsu and train. It's fine. There's going to come a point at which they start mentioning fighters, and I don't know their names. 80%, 90%, maybe not. I mean, there'll be 100%. Well, they mention a, a new guy's name. I'm like, who? Nah, I haven't heard of him. Much like I feel people start telling me about music. I'm in music. Oxbow's Thin Black Duke was one of the best records of 2017 and still is knocking out, knocking reviewers dead in the 2018. But people come up to me, oh, you must like, never heard of him. Oh, what about, the? I, I don't know. I'm a creator. She's being a consumer. UFC has asked me to be a consumer, not create. That's a big call, man. I got to I gotta consume from you because I believe it'll help me create later. I don't say that so much anymore. Don't trust you. So we have concluded the show on Tuesday night which is technically now, because this is a holiday, tomorrow night at 7.20 uh, uh, on uh, uh, Bloody Elbow, also the YouTube, uh, 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 MMA Nation YouTube uh, channel. Uh, we're going to do If I Did It, where we talk about PR kerfuffles inside MMA, immediately followed by If the Shoes Fit, which is PR kerfuffles outside of uh, MMA. That's a breakdown, hour-long show. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, either Wednesday or Thursday morning, depending on how the meeting schedules work, we do uh, the Care Don't Care preview for the fight uh, coming up next week. Um, and, of course, we have You Kill Me. It's Kasha and Eugene's uh, film reviews for reprobates. And if you haven't been able to figure it out, we're obsessed with film. Not only are we obsessed with film, but Kasha has got a, a fucking master's in philosophy. <laughs> so <laughs> I got the gift of gab, but I don't got that master's in philosophy. So, so uh, we're going to go deep, 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 
deep into the heart of film. So that's the end of V6. We'll see you next week for V7. We'll see you earlier if you are a a a, a, a fight degenerate uh, tomorrow night on If the Shoes Fit and If I Did It and the Care Don't Care preview. And then, of course, You Kill Me, which You Kill Me is available through the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper uh, 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 YouTube channel. You know if you sign up for that, it automatically notifies you. I didn't know that. Somebody told me, oh, you're on. I go, how the fuck do you know? He was, ah, I guess I said it to the right thing. I guess I did the right thing every now and then. So that's how you find out about You Kill Me. It'll come a notification through the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper YouTube channel. And uh, uh, for Patreon.com, and I'm not pushing the Patreon.com in the same way that I don't push, like, you can steal the Oxbow music. Yes, thank you for the guy just subscribed. You can steal the Oxbow music or you can purchase the Oxbow music. You can do either, whatever. I'm okay. Do, do either. But I, I, I'd prefer that you buy it. So if you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the stomper, T-H-E stomper, you can give me a dollar. You can give me 50 cents. You can give me $2. You can give me $5. I give rewards if you go up on the scale, $10. But you got to know something. If you listen this far, please tell everybody that if you get a reward – because you have a donation that you've made at patreon.com slash the stomper. You got to let me know. DM me so I know, and I'll give you your reward. But if you just think, I get the reward, and there's some magical machinery that automatically gets you the reward, forget about it. Forget about it. I, the magical machinery is sitting right here, and there's nothing magical or machine-like about it. I'm just winging it. So let me know. DM me, and I'll get you your shirts or your phone call. I think that's what I'm offering now, T-shirts and phone calls. The phone calls have been pretty good. I, I, it's like the show has come to you. <laughs> so anyway, that's the show. V6, Eugene Robinson, Showstopper, SS. And uh, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night for those of you who dare to come back to the, the bloody elbow thing. And as usual, we will end this show the way we end them all. Look what you made me do! Yeah!